Amen. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. And we just want to remind ourselves and encourage ourselves briefly about what I'm calling a keeping a stable life. I've shared this in the teaching service before, but it's a reminder for all of us again that God expects us to be stable as his children. So I'm reading from Matthew 7, 24. If you can kindly stand with me so we can take the word quickly. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain or floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Amen. 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 Can you pray to God quickly and ask him to let the word of the Lord find a place in your heart this morning? Father, we thank you this morning again that we can be at your feet to hear your word. We commit our hearts to you. Let the entrance of your word bring light to us. Speak to us and may your words be clear to us. May we receive it in faith that our lives will bring glory to you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, keeping a stable life. Amen. The, the text that I just read gives us some clues about how to have a very stable foundation in life, and particularly as a child of God. So he talks about the one who listens to his word, that the one who takes God's word in the verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, he describes you first as a wise person. And then secondly, 
he likens you to a person who builds a house on solid rock. Now, so one of the key things that will qualify you to be a wise person is the fact that you receive God's word and you abide by God's word religiously. And if you are like that, you are stable. And the winds, the rains, looking at spiritual winds, spiritual rains, will not derail you in your walk with God. It is but if you take God's word, it's one thing to hear God's word, and there's another thing as whether you will obey it or not. But there are people who are Christians who take God's word, they hear it, they appreciate it, but in the real sense of practicing God's word, they are found wanting. And it says that if you are like that, by God's description, he describes you as a foolish person, and he says that you are like the one who builds a house on sand without a solid foundation. I want you to also take note in the passage that in our walk with the Lord, there are things that will attempt to derail us, to destabilize us. He mentions a few things. He talks about in the verse 25, the rain which comes in torrents. He talks about the flat waters. He also talks about the winds that blow. And all is an attempt to collapse our faith or our stand in the Lord. So what it means is that our Christian life is a journey. It's a journey that must be progressive. It is a journey that must grow. That will cause us to develop our spiritual muscles and be firm and be deep-rooted in our faith with God. But on the journey of our discipleship and our journey of Christian work, there are things that will come against us, as it were, to sway us off our feet and all that. The only thing that can help you to stand, the torrents, spiritual floodgates, spiritual winds, is the fact that you are holding on to God's word and applying it on a daily basis. It is said, so this morning as we share on the title keeping a stable life the word keeping means your stability must be ongoing your stability must be developing uh, your stability in the lord must be perpetual um, god wants us <clears throat> to come to a point in our lives where our faith in him is so progressively developing and being firmly rooted and established 
such that nothing can move that faith. I've actually seen people who have been born again, loving God, very fiery for God, and situations come their way, or had come their way. One of it, I'm looking for a husband. I pray to God, and all kinds of men come around me, and they don't propose, or they come a short while they've gone. I've seen people who have had probably some financial challenges, and it was a big test to their faith. And as we speak now, they've shipwrecked their faith because they have allowed the challenges of life to derail them. And it's a sign that actually they are not deeply rooted and well established in their faith in God. <laughs> Yesterday, I received a, a video clip. I think it was the Kinsoti who put it on the platform about the chief. I think some of you saw it. There's a chief who in his discourse or presentation at a meeting, I think he went to Saudi Arabia or somewhere, and in his presentation, he told the people that he has his stance there. He said he's a very profound, deep-rooted Christian, but on, on the stage where he was, he had converted to become a Muslim. And he was telling the people that the Muslims were helping them, they should help them with schools, they should help them with hospitals, and all that, and all that. And when I... I went through the video, I said, are we safe in this day? Because the, the, the Muslims are on the onslaught, if you let me put it that way. And so if you, who says you are a child of God, you are not stable in your faith and in your relationship with God, it is easy for you to be swayed. And you would think that being a Muslim probably is a better thing than being a child of God. Because they will come with all kinds of things, money. And, and they can lure you with money. And you who is born and you are living and wearing the clothes of poverty and you need money for your children and you are bringing the money to pay your school fees, they are attending to your health issues. And If you are not careful, and depending on how firm or otherwise your faith is in the Lord, you may be swayed. But what I'm saying is that God's desire and God's expectations of us is that we'll come to a point in our lives where progressively we are building our faith in the Lord to a point that nothing, nothing can sway us off our feet. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. 
Eye Muslim si wo mo ye de mayen bobo ni ma ni biso into the same mi anka san san the same adane ma sasa ma ba be ka wo mo na ni a wo ka no e kire yen se ni a nei nyina ye wo hei so how na tete bi ba so na wan we ye na eye sa ni pa ya bo mi bi ko sie bi a o be sha se se o bo awo e wa kwan wo bi so na ona mno so aka se o and Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2, God is a very stable God by nature, and so must his children be. Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So he is a very stable God, and he wants his children to be like him, that we will be stable in our walk with him. what basically we are talking about has to do with being in a firm, immovable, and an unwavering state in terms of our faith. Being firm, being immovable, being unwavering when it comes to our faith and our connection in the Lord. Being stable is a reflection of one's maturity in the Lord. Being stable is a sign that you are maturing in the Lord. Maturity has nothing to do with how long you have been with the Lord. Because the, the highway of Christianity is, is so broad and there is room for overtaking. Somebody can be in the Lord for two years, but the level of maturity is very high. And somebody can be in for 20, 30 years, the level is flat. So, one of the key things to measure our maturity is how stable we are in the Lord, as against all the things that come our way in terms of our relationship with Him. So, true stability is a reflection of how matured or otherwise we are. True maturity is also a defense against waves of unbiblical and any kind of teaching that is not godly. It's a defense. If you are stable, you understand how firm you are, and you are developing your stability, it serves as a defense 
against the fiery darts of unbiblical and doctrines that are flying left and right as the end of the times is drawing near. And being stable is a very good ground for Christ-like growth and development. I repeat, being stable is a good ground for Christ-like development and growth. Na se ujinat pinti ewe radimu no eye hadia eye chiti wo kristo mu a etre ese enumu benam suama weti miye tintim. What I'm saying is that if you put your faith in Christ and your faith remains there in Christ and you are studying the word of God, you are coming to church, you are praying every day, you are taking God's word serious and practicing it. It's all about being like Christ. And you must grow deep in him, you must grow firm in him, you must grow strong in him, grow in his grace. And when you are like that, you can measure your development in Christ-likeness. As against when your faith in him is not stable, today you are here, tomorrow you are there, the Muslim comes, you believe in him, somebody comes with something else you are believing in. You don't have the mindset and the focus to know how you are becoming more like Christ. So when you are stable in your faith in Christ, it helps you to develop and to measure how closely you are becoming more like Jesus. And that is the key reason why you are born again. That you become like Christ in everything you do. True stability depends on the quality and firmness of your faith in the Lord. True stability depends on the quality and the firmness of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so betting Timo Radimono Ea dia Itina Senia Adia Wakwa Namun Tun Ebe ne Hutia Ewadin Yinemu and they say what's in Tim Ye Ewa Radimunso. There are a few things that can that become threats to our stability in the Lord. Let me mention through quickly then I'll give you some keys to keeping a stable life and we'll be done just in a few minutes. Storms of life. Storms of life. I trade to our stability in the Lord. Storms of life are diverse. Some have financial storms, some have marital storms, some have family storms, some have economic, general economic storms, and there are issues that come, that become a burden, that become trouble to your system, that makes you thinking and worrying about things. And they come. When we say storm, it means they may come unannounced. And they may come like floodgates and waves into your life. And sometimes God allows those things to test our faith in him. So the storm in itself, like the disciples were in the storm, 
and Jesus had to settle and to calm the storm. In life, when you are a child of God, you are not immune from storms. You are not. And there's this teaching that when you become a believer, then everything will become buckle for you. It's never so. Once we have the world, once we have the devil, once we have issues around town, they will come. They will come. But the good news is that our faith must always be anchored in the Lord. He will take us through and will become a testimony. So storms of life can become a threat. But it depends on how you look at it and how you handle the threats and the storms as they come your way. It is and from my Elbono, Eadia, Enyad, Ketua, Nerade, Emmaquine, Esser, and from Mano Eberbo, away a brabway Elbono. Now, a known a betray and say, a big dinner pinting, and I said, from Manabeboy, Ama, Yatiahe, near the NCA, a brabo, near my ruby bree, and a ra, a ba, ya brabumu. Ah, it was the Timmy who said, Eradia Samukuto, and a bed me at me at Genano. These days, we are what we call the new revelation messages. There are all kinds of ministers in the system, so-called men of God, women of God in the system. If you have to open your, check what your TV, what goes on, all kinds of messages are going on. There are some people who say, oh, I found a new revelation from the Bible, and this is A, B, C, D, and they are teaching. You yourself, if you are not like the Berean church, studying the word of the Lord, and getting used to the word of God, and getting soaked with the word, it says, let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly. When the word is inside of you richly, there's nothing like a new revelation. There's nothing like a new revelation. For me and my understanding is that when you read the word, there's something called spiritual illumination. Illumination just means that the Holy Spirit throws light and understanding and gives to you as to the word. The real revelation that we have is the totality of this. So when you read it, it's the revelation of God. There's nothing like new revelation. It has come already. God has given us, and he has revealed himself to us through his son. And so once you know him, the spirit of God comes upon you and throws light onto the word of God as you study it judiciously and with an open heart. New revelation messages are a threat to our faith in these days. Please remember, we are living in the last days. And the Bible says that in the last days, all manner of teachings will surge up. There are people whose ears are itchy and they want to hear certain things. Casting new revelation and all that. It can threaten your faith in the Lord. We are all gearing and, and energizing ourselves to enter into heaven. Let's be careful so that our faith will not be, will not be collapsed by all kinds of winds of teachings that are around us. A DF Frobi ah, a coso, a war, a TV so, yen namwa, a name of a bray, and ye who. Now say, ye did for no idea, was ye any ye. As I said, Radia Samu, your dear Maya, trust some we, emu, and Uncuto, Ubibia, the catcher was there, be before Frobi, our baby moi, and no quasi was there, so mu, and was here tinting with Radimu. Now ye won't say near crystal, a dear Giano, and only a debated to my say, Debia, Radia Samu, who be here. I don't know whether you know, but there's a church in Kenya called Breast Sucking Church International. Have you seen, you've heard about that? Let me tell you the name again. Breast Sucking Church International. And the pastor believes, that's part of the new revelation from the word. He believes that demons can be sucked through the breast. 
if you have a demon in your body and you go there, he will sack your breast in the name of uh, removing the demons from your system. It is there. It is on Facebook. Gabriel Mboa, it's there. It's there. So the, pastor, the pastor's church is made up of women. About 99% is women sucking their breasts in the name of delivering them. Let's be careful. Let's be careful. And he has crowds following them. I'm coming. If you doubt, go to YouTube and, and type breast, breast sucking church international. It will pop up and you hear the pastor talking. He was interviewed. And he believes that that's, what, that's the ministry God has given to him. Uh, <laughs> You can imagine how satisfied the pastor will be with protein from women's breasts. It's a new teaching, new revelation. There are some people who think that you are going there, you need the fruit of the womb. He says he has to check you first. He will sleep with you first so that you can get babies. It is there. So let's be wary of what is going on by name new revelation messages so that we don't crash our faith and our stability in the Lord. Right. Worldliness is a threat to our stability in the Lord. Worldliness, I don't want to talk too much about it. But there are a lot of things going on in the world today. The way people dress. Now, last Thursday, oh, last Thursday or Friday or so, Gabriel was telling us, if you watch TV, all the adverts on drinks that are coming, the drinks are meant for immorality. So it's the one you drink. I mean, I can't remember the names, but Gabriel is the one who calls the names. He knows all of them. You know, you drink and you can perform very well. <laughs> you know, but the aim is to just make people, you know, immoral. You know, how to sleep with and, and have power in your system. You drink and all those. It's all over the place. You know, so worldliness is a threat. And we must, the Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not part of the world. We should see ourselves as people who are sojourning through this world. And we have a better world that the Lord will give to us at his coming. Worldliness can be a threat to our faith in the Lord. <laughs> Another thing is your lack of consecrated devotion to God. When we say consecrated, you are consecrated, you have given yourself wholly in devotion to your master. 
and your heart must be for him, your mind must be for him. If you lack that, if you lack that, then you'll be open to all kinds of things that will affect your faith in him. Personal devotion, morning devotion, prayer time, living in holiness, making an effort to please him in everything that you do will, will stable you or make you stabilize in your faith with God. If, if you lack that or it drops, I know that some of us who used to pray long hours, now you don't pray five minutes, ten minutes, you are tired, you won't pray, you won't read the Bible, the Bible is just by your bedside, but you won't read, but you can read um, newspaper, you know, graphic sports, you know the name, those things you watch on TV, you can mention the names of all the actors there, but when we say, uh, what's up, you what's up throughout the night, some people, they wake up, they wake up with WhatsApp because as soon as they wake up, they want to see what is on WhatsApp for them. It is totally wrong and it's a big threat to your faith in the Lord. WhatsApp should be off there. That, I know some people who have phones, but they don't look at it. The phone rings, but he's busy doing something important. One day, I'm going to bring a young man here who will share with us the dangers of WhatsApp. He shared with me, and I think you need that information. Some people sleep with WhatsApp at night. It's coming, and you fall asleep. In the morning, back to it. Who has WhatsApp me? What's there? What's the latest in town? And you are WhatsApping. Your Bible is next to you, and you don't even read it. Watch out. It's a Amen. threat to your Amen. faith. Amen. Amen. My every WhatsApp, WhatsApp, WhatsApp. And there might be Doctor Opoku told me something I've learned a lot from him. You know what's happening? He says, Oh, we are on a committee, we can we can build a platform and be sending messages and all that. He told me that. We open up his WhatsApp. He just scans through. He doesn't click to see that somebody has sent a video. He doesn't take time to open and see what the video is. He just look at it like it and, and shut up. Because he thinks that it is a waste of time, waste of the units that he's put on it. He looks at important things that affect his faith in God, important things that relate to his job. That's what he looks at. Some of you, any video that drops on your platform, you watch it. And you will forward it to somebody else. And it will forward to somebody else. And it's all over the place. I am saying to you by the Spirit of the Lord, watch out. Watch out. Now, Senior Dr. Puku, the character of war, you know, I was here for a while. I was here for a while. I was here for a while. I was here for a Ebba, <laughs> Another threat to our stability in the Lord is what I'm calling spiritual prostitution. Can we all say that together? Spiritual prostitution. In a real sense, when we say somebody is a prostitute, it means he has relations with more than one life partner. And he's jumping from one place to the other. Spiritually, we do that. When we hear that uh, apostle so-so-and-so is here under the 
the mango tree there. We want to go because we want to hear what he has to say. Somebody else is here. You are running to that place. Hey, yes, this man has come. He's very powerful. Your problem, he will so, and you are jumping around and jumping around. Now, there's a very important reason why God plants you in your church. There's a very important reason why God makes you a Baptist, like here. So that you can have your spiritual feeding and development in the right way. We teach the word of God as it is. We do ministry as it is. And when you are at one place, you develop very well. Other than going to other when you go to other places, you may eat junk food. You may have running stomach. You may have kwashioko. You may have all kinds of things. When you stay in your own home and you eat your own food, daddy monitors what goes. Mommy monitors what is good for you and gives to you. Avoid spiritual prostitution. It is dangerous to your faith in the Lord. and if we are here, we are three or four pastors. Gabriel is here. He has his gift. He was telling us that. Pastor Sike has his gift. I have my gift. It is not per chance that God has given you the pastors here. Because God has a reason that he wants to use. You can't say, are you the one who measures how hot or otherwise somebody is? What is the guide for measuring, measuring hotness? I don't know. I mean, what, what scale do you use to measure where somebody is very spiritual against somebody who is not spiritual? It is only God who judges. Look at Billy Graham. Billy Graham is a very quiet person. Billy Graham is a very quiet person. His calling is evangelism. And look at the impact that is made in the world. Look at it. So people, God uses people with their temperaments in different ways. What you need to do is to believe in who God has placed over you. And that's how you can get advantage from it. I am not saying this because of me, but tomorrow I may not be here, another pastor will come. What I'm saying is that when God gives you, whoever he gives ministry to, 
to bless you. Tap into the person's giftings. If you, if, you, if you place less value on the one that God has given to you, you will lose out. The blessings that God has for you, you will never have it. And at the end of the day, you will be saying, oh, the person is not hot. Is this, is this, is this, is this. Watch out. Your faith is more important to God than sitting down and judging that somebody is hot, somebody is not hot. The last one, traditions of men, is a threat to our faith. Traditions of men. Let's all say that together. Yes, traditions of men. I don't want to mention, we have all kinds of tribes here. We have your own traditions. But our traditions should not conflict the tradition of God. What I'm, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. If you are pouring libation, and you, you say you are a child of God, and you have faith in the Lord, and you believe in libation for your newborn baby, and you say, oh, let them pour, let them pour, let them pour, let them pour. Does the Bible teach you that? That you should pour libation on behalf of your children? When you pour libation, what I believe is that you are inculcating and calling forth spiritual forces into the lives of your children. When you can, we don't, we don't pour libation here in church. We dedicate and we give the children to the one who brought them into the world so that his hand will cover them and he will walk with them. If you believe, you have called, there's something called syncretism. Syncretism is practicing different kinds of beliefs in addition to your normal faith in the Lord. It is not acceptable. There are people who put talisman around their waist and they believe in a talisman more than the resurrected Jesus. If you are like that, you have a problem with your faith in the Lord. Watch out, you are going to collapse your faith in the Lord. Syncretism is never allowed in the kingdom of God. It is one faith in the Lord, one faith that must be firm, consecrated, and developed so that you become more like Christ. Don't intertwine it with other things. It doesn't matter. Oh, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Is it in agreement with what God is saying? And the moment when he say, "Amamre, amamre, amamre," I had the egg tienya say agiri for. You won't be brave. You have to say, "Amamre no." Yeah, you have to be no. Now, say say you free no more. You have to be Let's watch out. Let's watch out. Let's watch out. You know, I told you my life when I was growing up. I used to fall sick, rough, rough. Somebody would say rough, rough. My parents, with their good intentions, even though it was not right then, took me to a certain... In fact, the man came to the house. He came, they invited him. He was in some, you know, allergies dress and all that. He did some incisions here. He put some black concussion there. He gave me... He, he was, sometimes these things, they cover up with the Bible. He says, open Psalm 51. Open the page and put it under your pillow. The witches will never lay hands on you. We don't do it that way. You have to read the word. The word must be in you. It's not for decoration. You must swallow and eat and digest the word and let it assimilate into your system. That's what will bring the transformation and protection to you. 
ni aya ye no anase ni obeto ye no ye de ne ko ye no papa bi a wan hye ne ho te sala aji bi no ba ye no ba be tete no de ne ma ye mu na okaka so wo de no aso be fa eye babo no bi samson ade ase osum ye ase enye no ene be ma ama wo nya nkwaje ne mo ma urade asem no a eye tronsem no se ye be sua na urade asem no be wura ye mu eno mo mu ne be ma ye ne yetimi agina wo mra a bibi biara entimi nye ye mo ma ye hwe ne ye I'm done. How do you keep your life stable? A few thoughts here, then I'll be done in just uh, five minutes. One, learn to set your thoughts aright. Set your thoughts. When I say set your thoughts aright, if it is Christ, it is Christ. If it is Christ, it is Christ. Nothing more, nothing less. So orient yourself and say that I am for Christ and I am for him always. And in Philippians 4, it, we can't read it. Whatever is pure, whatever is clean, whatever is God. It says, set your mind on those things. And when he says set it, it's a voluntary and decisive action. You have control over your mind. And you can choose where your mind will go and where it shouldn't go. So make a decision that I will keep my mind set on that which is right and pleasing to God. That's how you can keep your faith stable. <laughs> As a believer, you must always seek to know God's will. Because for every life, God has a will. For every situation, there is God's will. Many of us don't seek God's will. And that's the reason why we prostitute around. Because you yourself, you are not sure what God is doing in your life. You are not sure where God is taking you from and where he's taking you to. You don't know. And therefore, you are jumping from one coconut tree to another mango tree to some bush somewhere. Learn to know the perfect will of God for your life. And stick to that. Amen. Amen. Prayer about it. Seek spiritual counsel. There are people who can guide you to know that this is where God wants you to be. Pray, consecrate, learn to listen to God's word. Read God's word. Sometimes God's word is so clear to you. And that's what you must hold on to. We are talking about keeping a stable lifestyle as a child of God. Well, I mentioned about the word know and apply God's word daily. If you don't know the word, how will you apply it? This is God's manual for our daily living. We must make time. Please, when it comes to WhatsApp and God's word, I will encourage you to choose God's word. WhatsApp versus God's word, choose God's word. Facebook and God's word, choose God's word. God's word must be paramount in your life because that is the key to a stable and productive life. As a child of God. Because 
no no ena e wonya no e ma ya bra bo ne bibiara pursue righteousness as a child of god pursue righteousness living right in the sight of god in accordance with his word and his dictates the dictates by the promptings of the spirit whatever is right in the sight of god is the best for you live right and that must be, i told you that when we get born again we are imputed with christ's righteousness he gives to us as our clothing and that's how god sees us but god wants us to pro- progressively practice righteousness in our daily lives what is right that's what you must follow what is wrong don't do it ask yourself what i'm going to do is it pleasing to god if it's not don't do it and this is a big struggle for most of us who are believers but if you are able to straighten up along those lines your life will be appreciably stable and be pleasing to the lord pursue righteousness seek after his righteousness and leave it after all it says if you seek his righteousness as a matter of first priority other things will follow will follow let me tell you you may not be getting the job because your life may not be straight in the sight of god if you can change your ways if you can lean on god's righteousness again i bet you god may open some doors unusual and uncommon doors for you because your life is pleasing to him spiritual discipline is another thing keeping our lives stable most of us are not disciplined you are just like the trotro drivers when there's traffic they choose to move on the shoulders of the road they move the shoulders of the road are not meant for trotros they are meant for human beings to walk there that's not the road most of us are not disciplined in our prayer life somebody at the beginning of the year will say i'll pray one hour every morning ask me we are in we are in april now you really pray the one hour i'll read a chapter of the bible once a day how many verses do you read as we sit here spiritual discipline when it comes to holiness spiritual discipline when it comes to prayer spiritual discipline when we come to the study of the word your appointment with god 12 a.m to 1 a.m if you keep it you can be described as a disciplined person if you allow the the soap operas to come in between you and god you are not disciplined you should be able to say no i have a time with my god all other things must wait you should be able to say that we must be disciplined so that we can keep our lives stable in the Lord. Sambre no now near Radibanian Shemuna Radiasam, would be the Juma. Now a television so near Maninano, what wagua, a belboao, I'm waiting here, Jinan Wendy, our Radim. Somebody described the TV, he calls it the black box. Can we all say that? The black box. That's a description he gives to TV. And if you don't know, TV is good. I mean, for news and all that. I watch the news. I like football. When I'm free, I watch Hassan Kotoko and, and who wins. It's just to relax and release tension and stress. But you see, if you are not careful, you can sit in front of the TV from 6 a.m. to the following morning, 6 a.m. Because the way they have structured the program, one ends, another one comes. And the way they promote the, they, they promote the programs. Now they are on the market. The people, market women are always promoting these operas. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you see, 
If you look through the story, some of them are not real. They are just drama. You can learn a few lessons there, but the real lessons must be learned from the Bible and the practical life in God. So if you are not careful, TV can take all your time. That's where the discipline comes in. You must be able to choose, even with our children. I think Gabriel was telling that the parents sit with their children and they watch those and they, they can tell the names from here we go here, from here we go there, and they are telling the children. If you start like this with the children, what will become of them tomorrow? They can become addicted to the TV instead of getting addicted to the word of God. When you don't have devotion with the children, but rather you make that. I've seen people who are running from church. Because you have delayed. Because there's some operas, something they want to watch. And they don't want to meet it. They want to miss it. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? In the moment, I'm going to say, television, you know, you are a TFA. Television, you know, they say, I understand. If you are not a non-sia, you can see the non-sia. Television, you better me as you are. Now you'll be out by my television, you know. So, I do what they and they will be here. Over to me, I shall see a no pa. I rest a cockusi at the chain on sea. And then, yeah, you want to say, be brave. And once you are then now, my air, if you are so, never know, now you are more come on some. Send your attitude away, you will be brave or why. You got not a vision of one year, mass on the chain. The air cost on the air car, near near man on the air, no more soon. Near a refuge, radius, someone, and no one ever my damn quano. The one who called it a black box says it is black box because <clears throat> if you are not careful, it will blacken your faith. That's what he says. Please, let's be careful. I'm not saying don't watch TV. I am talking about you being stable in your walk with God. And there are certain things that can threaten your stability in the Lord. It's not say a dear that's on it says a bit me and my wife dream Ayo Tumua Bibia not a true idea and will be ye. Two more things. Learn to stick to your convictions. There's something you call conviction. Conviction of faith. I believe in God in this way. And that's what I'm going to carry throughout my life. I believe that God is the healer and He's the only one who can heal me. And I can I will stick to that because we call that spiritual conviction. Stick. There are many of us who don't have convictions about our relationship. We don't. We don't. We rather want to listen to what somebody else is saying. You as a child of God must have your specific convictions about your Lord and your personal Savior. That is what will keep you stable. If you are not, you will be tossed by every wind of doctrine that comes your way. Na bibi bia ni adwan ya ntanta ni ya peno ni afa ya fa zo a ya be fa ni enye tumuma ya hwe ni ye se na be ya ya adwan be sipi na ya timidi aye nema urade hwe ese e wose ye convictions has to do with that now now i'm teaching i'm preaching the verses are there like the berean church they will go and check they will open the bible and check whether what i'm saying is in line with the scriptures i'll give you the authority go and check if what i'm saying is not in line with it you have my permission reject it but if it is the truth of God's word, hold unto it. Hold unto it. Hallelujah. 
Ese se e ensembi e no mba be kan ne mum e ne efitro sem mu. Mama ye kofia ye hwehwe ne aka ho sem ye nyina ne ehu se ne nyina ra no e ye ne efitro mu a. You must be have what we call the grace to discern, being discerning. Discerning means allow the spirit of God to tell you that what is going on is of God or is not of God. That's every child of God has that because the spirit of God is in you. I told you one day I was going to bring an on an audit to a bank. I was working with an audit firm. We went there, and the, the manager took us to a place. He said, there's a service there, which, oh, it's a good place. There are people. And when we were going at about 100 meters to the place, I started feeling very uneasy in my spirit. My heart was just bumping, big, 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 big. So I told the man, no, no, I think there's something wrong. I don't want to go again. True to my, 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 my feeling uneasy, the place is that when you join the church, you have to move from your family. You, if you become a member, if you are a wife and you become a member, you have to leave your home and go and stay where the church is. There's a big compound, a big compound. All the members of the church, they stay there. They do everything there. And the supposed pastor, they worship him. When he comes, all of them will go and fall prostrate in front of him and they'll be worshiping him and all that. And true to my word, my spirit was not in agreement with that. So I didn't go. You must have discernment. You must have discernment. It's not everything that glitters that is gold. You must have discernment. If you want to keep your life stable, you must be able to discern the wrong from the right. You must be able to discern the evil from the godly. God has given you that grace by his presence in your life. Open up. You don't pray. If you pray much, the spirit of discernment will be sharpened. If you read the word of God well, the spirit of God in you will sharpen that discerning spirit. Because that is the reason why he gave us his spirit. So that the spirit of God will prompt us and lead us in everything that we do. Develop discernment. As you connect with the spirit every day, your life will be stable if you are such a person. <laughs> As I end, I want to just zero in on marriage. Those of you are not married yet. Let me just tell you that marriage is a good thing. It was orchestrated by God. Marriage can make or unmake you. It's a truth. So when you are choosing your life partners, let the spirit of discernment be very active. Don't just be looking at beauty. Don't just be looking at shape. Beauty can be deceptive. Somebody can be beautiful, but there is crocodile in his system. So when you want to marry, it's not just for the women, but for the men too. So when you want to marry, spend time and pray. Spend time and pray. Because there are certain things that are beyond your normal eyes. God will show you that this person may not be the right person for you. That's the best advantage that God has given to us by planting his spirit in us. Don't just choose. Don't just choose. There are some people who choose because they are, they are living in poverty. And they think that if I marry this man, my poverty will come to us. We don't marry that way. We marry by God's will and by God's direction. 
This is a word that God wants me to tell. Those of you who are not married and you are looking around and you are checking and checking, checking height, checking, checking the nose, checking the legs. And pray to God. Pray to God. Pray to God. Amen. Amen. Oh, May God grant us grace to be stable in our work with Him. Amen. 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 All right.